Coming up on We Talk News this week, the big are getting bigger in cannabis as Trueleaf takes over the lead as the largest cannabis MSO in the country with Cureleaf, Air Wellness, and the parent company all making major acquisitions this week. A former law enforcement officer, now Republican state senator in Pennsylvania, files a legal adult use bill in that medical-only state. And we have reaction from one of that state's most well-known cannabis advocates. Plus, Justin Bieber adds his name to the list of celebrities in the cannabis market with his Peaches pre-rolls by Palms. All this and more on We Talk News next. We are pro-cannabis media. Hi, everyone. I'm Jimmy Young from Pro Cannabis Media, and this is We Talk News. So did anybody notice that Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp disappeared for a few hours on Monday? I know I was upset that I missed a few of my friends' birthdays, but otherwise I heard about it on the news. And was it just a coincidence that a whistleblower named Frances Haugen was on 60 Minutes on Sunday spilling her story about how that company puts profits ahead of just about everything? So what does this have to do with cannabis, you ask? Well, let's just say I don't think Mark Zuckerberg inhaled when he was at Harvard, since their community guidelines do everything they can to make it difficult for cannabis companies to survive or even use that platform like other businesses do. Now, I know pro-cannabis media can't boost our posts on Facebook, and there are many other stories about cannabis-related groups struggling to use the popular platform for their businesses. Now, one cannapreneur from Cannavision in LA is Fred Smith, who, along with PCM friend Rico Lamite, share information on a regular basis on Facebook Live. Fred explains his story and his journey of a group of business people who have managed to survive and thrive on that platform. So I had about 2,200 people in my group. I was coaching them through the pandemic and I was showing them how to play nicely in the sandbox. I was showing the liberals and the conservatives and the optimists and the pessimists and I, whatever you called yourself. Like literally, I got everybody singing Kumbaya. And these were 2,200 sometimes of the world's top people literally in that group. I had a 92% engagement rate. And I'm saying this all, I'm saying this to say this. We didn't get kicked off because we were considered a MAGA group. We didn't get kicked off because we were considered a Q group. We didn't get kicked off because we were considered a conspiracy theory group. So I, I, I single-handedly jicked their algorithm and it couldn't deplatform me, period. It, it made Reuters news, everybody who was getting kicked off who had groups like me at that time. That's how big this really is. So come around January 17th and 18th, I'm down in Nashville of this year and they're still trying to deplatform me, okay? So all of those 2,200 people, I literally had to take off my Facebook timeline or I was gonna get like deplatformed forever. And that's a huge deal on Facebook and I'll tell you why. So I had to go through the Facebook council, the thought police and all this other stuff. Right, it's big, dude. Like I'm telling you, this is huge. They do not play. I'm, I'm gonna explain to you why. Uh, because it makes sense, but I think we have a fundamental misunderstanding across all levels, because I'm an old school guy. As you know, I'm a broadcaster from about 25, 20 years ago, I learned this stuff, right? So I've had to learn, and I've just, I've been, I'm very traditional. <laughs> I went through the top schools in the military to learn this stuff. So what's going on with Facebook right now is real simple. The people have awakened and they don't know how to handle it. 
period. You can't smoke this much weed and not expect the conscious transformation, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is that fair? Is that yes. fair? Yes, and I can relate to that. You know that. Right. Okay, keep going. Last year on record, legal sales were the highest right. ever, no pun intended. So you just can't expect people to just be who they were. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it, it gets, it's getting really above average really quick. But I saw the trend and Facebook really didn't. So what happens is they get hit with a buzzsaw and now they have to respond. But here's the problem. And a lot of people have talked about this before me. Facebook has you literally in an augmented reality on their website. There's right. a lot of relevancy. It's not like MySpace where back in the day, you know, you could just do blah, blah, blah. No, you've got your credit cards tied to it. You've got your passwords tied to it. It's a lot of stuff going on. So because they were a social media platform, and I actually posted this on my Facebook page just even before me and you talked, I asked a simple question. I said, is Facebook a utility? Because I think Facebook is a media company, but go ahead. Right. But they're acting also like a utility at this oh, point. Oh, yes. Right. Because we opt in for their communication services. 100%. But here's now how I understand Facebook now, like in real time, because I'm working with some of the world's top marketers literally in real time on this stuff. Facebook is no more than an advertising platform. Right. So that's how they get paid. That's how they're just a giant billboard stuck on the top of the earth. They've got a lot of juice to push out messaging. Okay. So, so now that they've been commoditized and now that people are more concerned about their information and privacy and GDPR and everything else, people have forgotten to realize that as they shifted, so has Facebook. So this is where we're having the clunkiness of how Facebook needs to define themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting here defy, uh, defending Facebook because I literally almost got deplatformed this year. Facts. And I have all everything to prove that. Yep. So what I am saying, though, is that once I understood that thing, then I got a brain transplant. Next thing you know, I'm playing nicely in the sandbox. Next thing you know, my strikes are going down. Next thing you know, I'm with Peter Pan hanging out. We're sing I was singing Kumbaya. Okay. You know, and, and, now, and now my monetization is going back up. They're like, hey, who is this magic Negro? He just came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, guys. <laughs> I don't hate you. Like, you got to understand something. I'm just a regular person. So what happened as a result of that, though, is even going down to the last couple of days, I had already told people that they can expect something like this to happen because it's just, it was just meant to happen. Well, it did. And there are plenty of other stories of social media platforms like YouTube who will take down videos and flag them, even if you're doing news and educational content similar to what we do here on pro cannabis media regularly. As you know, we tell the stories of the cannabis industry in their own words. And of course, what we're trying to do is inform the public of what the industry is trying to share with them. In fact, last week's news got flagged until I appealed and won. And now we are back sharing the stories of the industry in their own words. We'll be talking about social media censorship on our weekly Green Rush Live Business of Cannabis show on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Now, one of our guests is expected to be one of the founders of the Weed Tube, Aaron Richard, who started his platform when YouTube pulled the plug on his content. And he's not the only one. Unless, of course, YouTube decides to flag us between now and then. In the meantime, we start our state-by-state -state roundup with the executive director of Normal in Michigan. He's our own canicaster, Rick Thompson. Rick? Well, good day to you. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. Canada has a three-year oversupply of cannabis, 
So it's no wonder the international borders in states like Michigan and New York have seen an uptick in smuggling operations. Customs and Border Protection officials this year alone have seized nearly 15,000 pounds of cannabis at three Michigan-Canada border crossings. Now that's seven times as much as the 2,189 pounds seized in 2018. Detroit, the nation's busiest border crossing, has seen the lion's share of smuggling operations. Most of the Canadian cannabis intercepted in Detroit is usually headed for states where cannabis is still illegal and prices are high, like Tennessee, the Carolinas, and Georgia. In New York, specifically Buffalo, 1,071 pounds of cannabis were seized in 2016 at border crossings versus 41,000 pounds in fiscal year 2021. The demand is so great because Canadian cannabis can sell for as much as three to $5,000 a pound on the illicit market. A special notice was issued by the Marijuana Regulatory Agency regarding more than one and one half pounds of contaminated marijuana packaged and sold at licensed retailers in the state. The cannabis failed testing for microbial content. Now, Michigan has strict regulations regarding cannabis which fails testing, and this cannabis certainly did fail testing, yet it made it out to retail shelves and into the lungs of human consumers. When asked by media how this happened, how it was discovered, where the contamination originated from, and what happened to the rest of the 50-pound batch of cannabis this retail product came from, the regulatory agency said, no comment, but watch for more on this story. The cannabis producer has been identified as Glow from Kalkaska, a small farm with a 500-plant license. The testing lab, which initially approved the cannabis only to have it test bad later, is as yet unidentified. Stay tuned for more updates on this story. On October 5th, featured an all-important hearing in the House Regulatory Reform Committee regarding a package of bills intended to deliver monopoly to a few cannabis companies in Michigan by slashing the state's 12-year-old medical caregiver laws. The lines were clearly divided. On one side, a small group of paid public relations professionals and lobbyists and their legislative allies, and on the other, 150 angry patients, parents, cannabis consumers, and citizen voters. In the end, it was the big money interests which won out in the Republican-dominated committee. The business guys and government employees were given one hour and 15 minutes to speak, yet the people were gifted a mere 20 minutes, barely enough time for five people to testify. A second hearing is required before a vote can be taken, but that hearing isn't required to accept testimony and the hard-hearted committee chairman, Rep. Hauk, says he will not allow the people to have a further day to speak. Now, this is the culmination of the story we've been